Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, with more than half a century of award-winning broadcasting experience. It's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks for Ready, Set, Retire. Lori is an award-winning and highly respected senior portfolio manager and investment advisor at Canaccord Genuity. She has been successfully managing retirement portfolios for over two decades. We're here to talk about everything from financial and estate planning to travel, hobbies and health matters, and so much more. Whether you're thinking about your retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, I think we can all agree that one of the most enjoyable aspects of retirement planning is envisioning a future lifestyle that you want to enjoy. And for a lot of retirees, travel is a big part of that picture. Cruising is a popular vacation, as it is an exciting way to travel to see new places while also enjoying the finer things in life. After a few years of travel restrictions, though, the cruising industry has changed, and many of us are eager to set sail again. Nevertheless, planning a cruise can be somewhat overwhelming, especially when you factor in having to travel to cruise ports that have different COVID restrictions and testing requirements. That's right, John. Demand for travel is at an all-time high, as we've seen uh, after many, many people, many retirees postpone their dream vacations due to the pandemic, and they're back at it. They're excited to get back on those ships, get back on those flights. So it was best to bring in a professional, and uh, so we've got a guest here today that's going to be discussing the cruise industry and, and what's going on out there these days. Absolutely. Today on Ready, Set, Retire, we're joined by Robert Elmore, who's president of Cruise Encounters to discuss the new cruising experience and ways to make your next trip more memorable. Since 1987, Cruise Encounters has been a leader in planning cruise vacations, family-owned and operated with over 65 years combined experience among employees. Cruise Encounters is a highly specialized travel agency that helps match people with their dream cruise vacations. Robert, welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, and thanks so much for your time. Thank you, John. Thank you, Laurie. Pleasure to be here today. Let's start off with uh, a little bit about you. Tell us a bit about why you were attracted to the cruising industry. Well, it happened quite by chance. I was taken uh, by my wife on a graduation cruise from university, and uh, that was back in 1986. And I went on as a classical pianist, and I came off the ship as a travel agent in my mind. At some point in the cruise, my wife and I said, you know, we could do this. This is pretty fun. And even though it was probably on the oldest, most archaic ship uh, in anybody's fleet, we had a a tremendous time and saw the potential. And uh, it was upbeat, fun, and everything was done for you. And a career was born from that moment for me. That's a great story, Robert. And so I'm assuming you've been on many, many cruises since uh, 1986. So where are your top three kind of suggested places to cruise and and what's most popular right now? Well, since I've been on many cruises, I've, I've had a chance to do the closer to home destinations. And I tend to turn to the best way to see a destination. So my favorite would probably be a few of those that are harder to do any other way. 
I think of Norway, cruising the fjords of Norway. I think of the Galapagos Islands where you can see two islands a day on very small specialized ships. The Panama Canal is another one that, of course, you have to do by ship. And those are a few off the top of my head. Um, we're big Europe fans right now. We just think that unpacking once and getting to see 10 or 12 spots in Europe is just such an easy way to get a glimpse. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I never considered that the unpacking once part of traveling Europe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. usually you're on like a you know two week uh, trip and going to a city every two days, and uh, that that's you're so tired by the time you get back, then you got to book a cruise to relax. <laughs> and just uh, you mentioned the Galapagos, and uh, my wife Kristen and I had a chance to tour the Galapagos and uh, and Machu Picchu, and uh, that is definitely at the very very top of our list. That was just a fantastic trip. And uh, the small ships that you bunk in, that you stay in, as you cruise from island to island are, are just fantastic. So if you uh, haven't had a chance to uh, go to the Galapagos, uh, it certainly is very, very high on my list. Now, we keep hearing that travel demand is high and that we're seeing higher prices than a year ago. So what are some of the best deals that you've been seeing lately? A year ago, the prices were low. We have seen prices shore up a bit as of late. Now, we're a bit of a different agency because we do blocks of cabins on key ships and dates that we think are going to be popular with our clients, and we lock in those prices. So we will sometimes get up early in the morning, two years in advance, and capture all the sailings that we like. And that freezes our prices while other prices outside of our groups increase. And so we have been offering lower prices in the marketplace on many of the Caribbean departures that we had this fall. They've been very popular. Vancouver, anything round trip Vancouver has been popular this year as well. And yet the popularity reflects the pricing and prices have climbed steadily. And into 2023, we're seeing a bit of a leveling off of pricing, but certainly a year ago, two years ago, there were some fantastic bargains to be had for anybody that was willing to book in advance. Just on a side note, when people are traveling with their family or, or traveling as a retiree, what are the best types of cruises that do you think that a family versus a retiree would like to go on? Because obviously their needs and goals are different for their vacations. Yeah, they sure are. We're always very careful to make sure that we match the right cruise for a family. A family's a little bit more challenging because sometimes you have children that want to stay with their parents. Parents want the, the children to stay with them. So it's, it's an opportunity for the family to stay together. In a family like that, we have to make sure that we don't pick a ship that's full of amenities, family activities, because those tend to sometimes split people up. So if we have a family that wants to stay close, we'll sometimes pick smaller ships. We'll sometimes find those value ships that are maybe 5 to 15 years old. And they tend to offer fewer distractions for families for their onboard time. Now, if you have somebody that comes in and perhaps they have two young boys and they want to see everything and do everything they can, then we'll sometimes suggest one of the new, perhaps uh, Royal Caribbean is a great choice for families uh, within our clientele. One of the larger ships that have the rock climbing walls and the sports court and the mini golf and the flow rider, the surf simulator, and they have a skydiving simulator called Ripcord. They have zip lines, they have bumper cars, they have a trapeze. 
They have everything that you can imagine. So we're careful to sit down with the family and, and show them maybe a couple of pictures of different vessels to see what might be perfect for them. Moving to retirees, they too sometimes like to be very active, but we're careful to ask them how they see their ideal day at sea. Is it doing activities? Is it maybe taking in a cooking class? Is it getting on a surfboard and trying the flow rider? And they'll give us information that will help us to quickly pick the right ship for them, but very individual. Everybody likes to spend their time differently. Yeah, that's exactly when I'm talking to people about retirement, for example. I mean, everybody has a different view on ideal retirement. So uh, I'm glad that you said some retirees want to look at that flow rider and others want to sit down and relax because uh, everyone is definitely unique. And I would also comment that, that the other cruise ships with many, many activities going on for someone like myself with one young son, that would be ideal, right? So uh, that sounds fun. That just got the juices flowing for me. I, I can't wait to book a cruise. Uh, along with- I can see you on the water slide. I can see you on the, on the bumper cars. Uh, it's, it's all... It's all come clear to me now. Forget exactly. this yeah. this cruising thing. You want to have some fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So tell me what kinds of cruises are available from Vancouver? Because obviously for our audience, it's very, very easy to jump on a cruise ship here in town. So what are the, uh, the better cruises that you find leaving from Vancouver? Yeah, John, I think that cruising from Vancouver used to be just Alaska. And people that wanted a longer sailing often had to travel down to Seattle or they just had they had to fly. But now the Port of Vancouver has been very aggressive at enlarging their repertoire, expanding their repertoire. And now you can easily cruise seasonally to the Hawaiian Islands from Vancouver, usually a 15 to 18 day sailing in the spring or fall. You can also cruise to Australia, New Zealand from Vancouver. That tends to be a fall cruise. The spring cruise comes here from Australia, New Zealand, stopping in all the smaller islands of the South Pacific. Extremely popular with people, usually a minimum of 35 nights up to, depending how much South Pacific you add, it can be up to 65 nights for that particular trip. Round trip Vancouver cruises also uh, this year include a very popular fall princess cruise that is going through the coast, all the West Coast highlights, and everybody enjoys that. It stays close to home. You do have uh, several ports on the itinerary. You don't have long crossings of the Pacific. People enjoy that very much. And of course, we do have Alaska still, which is exceedingly popular with everybody. We have customers that see Alaska 25 times and can't wait to go again for number 26. So there's quite a bit of choice. Uh, Panama Canal is a popular one. You can board in Vancouver in the fall, cruise uh, 18 to 21 nights down through the Panama Canal and the new canal is open now and into the Caribbean. And you can even, if you want, add a 7 or 10 or 14 day Caribbean cruise onto that to give you 35 nights of sunshine, and that trip returns again each spring. So that kind of gives you a sampling of all the different sailings that Vancouver now offers, and you're right, there's nothing easier than driving down to the pier. Uh, Many people take the Canada Line or the SkyTrain, and you step aboard, and we talked about unpacking once, that's truly an unpack once, and then uh, 
than stepping aboard sailing under Lion's Gate, yes. and off you go. Yeah, that's amazing. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> let's go. Let's go now, Lori. <laughs> exactly. Look at you ready to. Goodbye, everybody. Can, We're going to go jump on a cruise. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening. I can work from anywhere. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No, that's. I didn't realize that uh, there were so many sailings offered here in Vancouver. You're right. I kind of thought Alaska. I saw the Disney cruise ship somewhere in the harbor there, and I've had a lot of clients also opt on if they're paying for a family vacation, like if they're bringing adult children and their spouses and grandchildren, often they'll look for a Vancouver cruise to do something like that. It's a nice way if you plan to spend the money that people don't have to get on that flight and, you know, go to Hawaii or Mexico that they can just uh, set sail here from Vancouver. And those in Kelowna, it's a short jaunt on a flight to get to Vancouver, you know, 40 minutes or so. And uh, then they're on, on the ship as well. So that's fantastic. So, Robert, we also know the cruise industry was obviously heavily impacted by the pandemic. And so I'm curious as well, like what safety measures do the cruise ships offer and how are your customers feeling when they're booking and so on? And I guess cruising is safe again. And just how has it changed over the last two and a half years? I think the first thing that you notice when you board a ship now, and we've gone on a few since the reopening of cruising, is that something that used to be very popular, say the on Holland America, the Lido deck or on Royal Caribbean, the Windjammer, where people have self-serve food options up there, no longer are the passengers holding on to serving spoons so or tongs. Everything is served for you. And that's a big step forward for the cruise lines because prior to COVID, there was something that was very pesky and annoying for the cruise industry, and that was the norovirus. And the norovirus was a gastrointestinal bug that you could get. It wasn't severe, but it may keep you kind of in your cabin for a day or two. And you would pick that up most likely in those self-serve food places, and you would be out and not feeling well for a few days. Now that, that everything is full serve throughout the ship, you don't hear of norovirus anymore. And so that has helped. Um, all cleaning and sanitation has been upgraded significantly. The cruise lines are constantly sterilizing railings. There are, just like if you go into a grocery store here, there are sanitation spots everywhere that you can sanitize your hands. And also just boarding itself. They are now requiring all passengers to be fully vaccinated. So it is the only travel venue that requires or the mode of travel that requires you to be fully vaccinated, which means you have to have at least two doses. And that has to be uploaded to your onboard or online check-in three days prior to going. They want to know that every passenger is vaccinated. And you also have to have a COVID test, the antigen test, before you board. That is starting to loosen up now. Royal Caribbean just announced that for cruises six days and less, they will no longer require antigen testing at all. So we do expect that that's probably going to ease into the coming months. But they have been very, very careful. And we always tell our clients, the only people that want you to get COVID less than you are the cruise lines. They do not want any COVID on their ships. They're doing everything possible. And now if somebody does get COVID, ships are not quarantined. Uh, they simply take that person off the ship and they assist them in quarantining and then flying home. So they are, it's a very smooth operation now and the cruise lines happily have had the lowest COVID rates 
of any kind of travel now, well under 1%. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's it's really been an incredible transition for them. Yeah. What a journey indeed. And just to follow up to that, just the masking requirements on cruise ships. I'm curious about that. So is every cruise ship different or where, where you're traveling to in terms of the country? It does differ slightly, but cruise ships tend to sail offshore. So they tend to be their own entity when they're making up rules. That way they can keep their casinos open too. So they, <laughs> they have to sail far enough out so that they can make their own rules. For instance, we were on a cruise in the spring and half the cruise was mask-free. And then they somebody had brought some COVID on in Hawaii. And then the rest of the cruise was with a mask on. The following sailing after the ship had been sanitized, there were no masks required and there was no COVID. I see. So they adjust it per sailing and whatever they think uh, is for the best of the safety of the passengers. And I think that makes sense. I mean, we're in this environment where things we know could change, even here in Vancouver. And so I think we're more used to that today than we ever were before and being kind of flexible in changing of the rules. And, and that's, again, for our own safety. So that's great to know. And I'm, I'm glad that things are really improving uh, in the cruise industry and then people are back at it. Absolutely. Uh, Robert, tell me about the differences between cruising on a, a big ship versus a smaller one and the pros and cons. Again, my wife and I have both had the opportunity to travel on large cruise ships, but we really enjoyed a river cruise we did a few years back up the Danube on a river cruiser that I think had maybe 40, 50 people on it. We've also done cruises on the pocket cruises where the number of people is about 600 and you kind of go from port to port. So there, there are choices. There are differences that people can look at. Yeah, there are. And I turn back to when we were talking about just qualifying people, similar, I'm sure, Lori, to qualifying your investors and, and know where they're most comfortable. We do the same. And we try to really zero in on the key points. One key point for people, are their expectations or is their expectations around entertainment? If people like to be entertained and they want big shows, it's easy for us then to decide on a larger ship. Because, John, those little pocket cruises, they, they may bring on local entertainers from the islands that you visit, but I'm sure you'll agree they aren't offering full Broadway productions on these smaller ships. They don't have the space or the staff to do so. No. So if somebody really notes an inclination to, to wanting to see big shows and being entertained every night, we try to shift them more, steer them more to a larger ship. If somebody is wanting to enjoy a plethora of restaurant options too, we're always careful to tell people that on a smaller ship, you will be one or two restaurants and the food is excellent, but you are limited to those one or two restaurants. Whereas on a larger ship, I think the one of the larger ships now has 18 restaurants that you can go to. So you can hit virtually a different restaurant for every meal. And that's appealing to some people. The people that want big ships don't want big lineups though. So we have to pick the, the cruise lines that have done a great job operating big ships, but not making people feel like they're on a big ship. So they have lots of intimate spaces. And I think of, of some of the Royal Caribbean ships, the, the Quantum, the Spectrum, the Ovation, some of these ships that have come out now that have so many small, intimate spaces where people can get away from crowds. And they also get on and off the ship very easily. I think that the last big ship cruise we did with Royal Caribbean, 
there were 6,500 people on the ship. And from the moment that we were called to get off the ship, we were standing looking at our baggage in three and a half minutes. Wow. Just excellent. So we, we want to talk to people. We want to find out what they're looking for, what their threshold for, for crowds are, how many amenities they want, restaurants and entertainment options. And then we kind of scale from there because those small ships, very intimate, fabulous service. They usually stay longer in port and they do a lot of things, but they can't offer the amenities of the larger ships. That's amazing. 18 restaurants. That's, I'm definitely more of a big ship kind of girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. And so when you mention the different cruise lines in terms of what they offer, do you have a few favorite cruise lines that uh, you tend to you know lean towards for your customers? We are careful about that as well. We want to make sure that the cruise that our clients get is the cruise that they want. So if anybody's asking about a specific cruise line or asking about they have a certain wish list, we will go to any cruise line. If somebody walks into the office, though, and asks us, where should they go? What cruise line should they go? What do we think is good value? We really do like celebrity cruises. We think they do a great job. We like Royal Caribbean for families. We like Holland America and Princess for Vancouver sailings and longer sailings. Then we can go up to some of those pocket cruises that John mentioned, the Seabornes, the Silver Sea, for people that want a more refined product, smaller population on board, smaller ship. Yeah, we can move through just about any option. And just to follow up on that too, for your customers, you also book the flights and so on if they have to leave from somewhere else other than Vancouver? Is it kind of all encompassing or how do you, how does it work? Yeah. So about 25 years ago, we decided in our office that people would like to have things done for them. So we kind of consider ourselves like a chef in a kitchen. We'll take your order. We'll shop for the groceries. We'll go ahead, put the meal together and we'll clean up the dishes as well. So we do like to supply a full package for people. That is our preference. We think it's their preference most of the time as well. With a cruise and a travel package, everything needs to fit together. A flight, ground transportation, often a pre-cruise hotel, significant tours that we think that they should go on and the same coming home, the ground transfer after the ship and to the airport. We love having that package all in one file because if there is anything that goes wrong, we can fix it. And we do. Yeah. So our clients love the fact that it's all included for one price. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And also, did I hear correctly now there's direct flights from Vancouver to Florida so that I guess leaving for any of those Caribbean cruises will be a lot easier now. Is, is that correct? Yeah, the nonstop flights from Vancouver, a direct flight can be a stop en route, but just not a change of flight number. I see. So you can find direct flights, uh, but sometimes clients are surprised that direct does not mean nonstop. So we have had nonstop flights come in and out of the marketplace. Right now, I'm not sure that there's anything. Sometimes they're very seasonal. They'll do January through March, the peak season for that area, and then they'll pull out of the market. So I think most of the time, the optimum flight to get down to Florida is a one-stop, oftentimes through Texas. People love that flight. It's the most direct and easiest down there. So, um, uh, you know, just one of the last questions here. Can you share uh, one of your favorite cruising experiences or a story that you've heard from a customer? Well, this is keeping it very light. There's been, there's been many stories, but uh, one that comes to mind was when we first got into our business back in the 80s. 
And we had a large group down in the Caribbean on what was a large ship for its time, but it only held about a thousand people. So we were at dinner after a long day in St. Thomas and a very blushed faced woman comes to our table and she was eating with us that night. We were at a table for six. My wife and I were there. They sat down and said, I just have to tell you the most embarrassing story. And back in those days, they didn't have the Ving card uh, door locks that lock, the, the doors lock automatically behind you. It was a key lock. So if you didn't purposely lock the door, the door was unlocked. So she, after her day in St. Thomas, came back onto the ship. All the cabins look alike. And she got close to her cabin, but uh, I think it was the deck below she was on, and it was her cabin, but the deck below. And she walked in and she looked at a gentleman wearing nothing but a smile, sitting on his bed. <laughs> and she was so embarrassed, she stood there for a second, realized what was happening, slammed the door and ran away. So she got to the table telling us about this. And I said to her, you're never going to see that person again. So you don't have to worry about it. I'm sure that was embarrassing. Lo and behold, five minutes later, the missing two seats came and sat down at our table. And it was this gentleman that came down and sat at our table. And we laughed about that for the entire trip. We didn't want to miss a meal oh, on that cruise. It was so funny. No <laughs> that's a great story. Well, that's that's the thing about traveling, right? It's the experiences that uh, that you have, and uh, and, and and the fun yeah. that you you have as well. And so, well, that's great. That's a, that's a great story, Robert. And the urge to travel in retirement has crossed everyone's mind at one point or another, whether it's to Alaska or the Caribbean. A cruise is a great way to travel during your retirement to spend time alone or with your loved ones. Yeah, and just as it's important to plan for your financial future, it's also important to plan for your retirement or how you want to spend your time. And, you know, it, it keeps your mind, body, and soul healthy and, and learning new things, seeing new cultures, traveling to new countries is all, in my opinion, so important, you know, and you want to take a look at where you want to go and, and what you want to do. And so, Robert, thank you so much for sharing your insight. I mean, you've been in the industry for so long and it's been changing and it's exciting to see everyone going cruising again because there's so many countries to, to visit and, like I said, so many experiences to be had. Robert, before we go, we always like to uh, get a quote from a guest, something that uh, hopefully refers to what we've been discussing. So what do you have for us today? I actually have something that I think is timely for both the markets and for the travel business, and that is I would say to your listeners, get out and travel. Your money will return but your time won't. That is perfect. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> and very, absolutely. very timely. Robert, thank you so much for your time and your insight today. We really appreciate you joining us here on Ready, Set, Retire. Thanks, John. Thanks, Lori. And to book your next dream vacation, contact Cruise Encounters today at 604-888-1756 or visit their website at www.cruiseencounters.com. Dot com. I think we should book a Ready, Set, Retire cruise, yeah, Lori. No, I'm excited to, to get out there, so I'll definitely be in touch with uh, with Robert's company to, to book my next cruise. And while we think about that, uh, I will see you in a couple of weeks, and we'll do another edition of Ready, Set, Retire. Sounds great, John. Nice talking to you again. That's all for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, 
please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire.